right? How are you getting on? Are you well? Are you as well? Are you well? <laughs> Pardon me? Are you girls well? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to have a drink with my friend, if you don't mind. You girls must be from bloody Cardiff because you look so well. Shut up! No, shut, no, shut up! Leave! Um... Whatever, I don't know. Hey, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Tony. You look like a monkey and you smell like one, two, and many more episodes to come. Fuck. I'm, I fucked up the tone at the end of that. Tony, at the end of that. Um, anyway, listen, thank you very much for being here. It is my one year anniversary from launching this podcast the the podcast that uh, launched a thousand ships and made smile a thousand lips uh, that is uh, this <laughs> this show um a lot of people um well not a lot of people well no uh, i don't know what i was going to say but i'm like can i edit this so i don't know what i'm saying a lot of people are great Yous are great. A lot of people have been here from the start. A lot of people have joined. A lot of new people might be joining here because I'm talking about the Late Late Toy Show. This is the thing that made me start the podcast um, last year. And what a wild journey we've been on. But look, there is no time for reflection because we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of children to judge, to give scathing criticism to. Um, I made a tweet couple of months ago um, in the height of COVID saying uh, the toy show is going to be shite this year bit of, bit of shite power right just a, just a one sentence I'm feeling low I haven't spoken to anyone else I need someone to validate me and so I said toy show is going to be shite you know one sentence there you go oh I got a like for that I kind of feel something now <laughs> I suppose I kind of feel something now I kind of feel something that the that the two uh, breakfast rolls this morning didn't give me. So I got a couple of likes for being just a fucking snark. I don't even have a got myself. I have a toothache. That's what's happened here. I'm like the bloody the, the bloody lion with the with the with the thorn in his paw in that I have just an undercurrent of just fucking misery. <laughs> so as a result I'm having a bit of sombadine. Uh, look, don't judge, you know. Don't judge me like the fucking ma'am, cuz that's all I can call her. All right, ma'am. Yeah, sorry, can I have some Sorbidine? Um, Why do you want some? Why are you selling it there? I'm not having it. The rigmarole. Never going to give, never going to give. That you have to give to get bloody Sorbidine. Just give all I have is my body and my choices. So give me the codeine. <laughs> I want to take drugs during the day. Anyway, listen, look, all this is all I have. Just give me the fucking, look, with the greatest respect. I don't know you, you don't know me, right? We're both wearing masks here. I could be a dick. No, no, no. Please, just I've tried. I've tried paracetamol, and yeah, it works. But there, I have now. I have to fucking lie to this woman. Say, look, I tried the paracetamol; it doesn't work. Now I need because you have to go in there with the kind of confidence of a of a of a fifteen year old pretending to be a twenty year old. You know what I mean? You have to go in there, kind of carry yourself, being like, "Hi, can I? Um, <clears throat> yes, I, I'm an adult here. Uh, I know exactly what I'm after. Can I have a sombadine uh, tablet, please?" Uh, please just give me a please just fuck off and give me the sorry yeah <laughs> just fuck off and give me the sombadine uh, with great respect you know uh, and look I've only taken one not bloody double dropping like me old sales days oh my god oh me and the boys me and the boys and we're getting up and dropping sombadine you know what I mean tonight is gonna be a fizzy that doesn't work at all <laughs> oh we'll be there oh I'll tell you a bloody, a bloody, we go for Thursday drinks. You'd go into the bloody sales room floor on a Friday and it would be nothing but. 
bloody effervescence. Bring me back, Dave me. You know what I mean? Evanescence. <clears throat> and you just be the effervescence. Oh, Smithy, brother, you just have to drop in too, mate. I blacked out on the last call. Oh, top drawer banter. Back when I was validated as a man. <laughs> anyway, look, that's not about that now. We're not talking about that now. I tell you what, we are talking about the greatest birthday gift of all time. This podcast is now sponsored by the Dubliner Whiskey. Thank you very much to my best, my best friends. This crew and the Dubliner Whiskey are my best friends. I, st- I don't care if anything ever happens to them. If anything ever comes out about the Dubliner Whiskey, I let this be on record that I stand with them. Their executives, their upper management, everyone involved. No, no, no. <laughs> Whatever. No, but, um, the Dubliner Whiskey is now the sponsor of this podcast. And what have they done? To celebrate, I'll tell you what they've done. They have offered you listeners, you real people, my best friends, 10% off any Dubliner whiskey from the website, the DLD, yeah, you know me. Well, the DLD.com. And guess what the fucking code is? These are these are cool people, right? The Dubliner whiskey are a cool bunch of people. They have the whole distillery um, straight out of the heart of the liberties. They're making some very interesting whiskeys. They've got one there that's aged in a bourbon barrel. That's what I like. That'd be nice and an old-fashioned. And they got great deals over there. So go on there. Go on to DLD.com and use the code. This is the code they offered. The code Fuck the boats, And you can get 10% off any of those whiskeys on there. And as well, they're doing um, uh, free delivery in Ireland. So if you've got a whiskey lover, if you're a whiskey lover, go on there. And I've got to stress something as well. Drink this responsibly. I'm telling you this. Don't be drinking whiskey irresponsibly. I don't even know if I can mention the fact that you can even fathom because of the way laws are here about talking about that. But I'm just, why would you ever want to drink irresponsibly? Tell you, drink it there in a, like, drink it, drink it there in, like, you know, a shot in a glass. I'm not going to tell you how to drink it. I don't even know if I can do that. I haven't really looked, I haven't really read, I haven't really read the ins and outs of drinkaware.ie and everything. But if you do want to find out more information about that, do that on that. But look, drink it responsibly. You only want to be drinking whiskey responsibly, right? You want to be a class act holding the whiskey. Not to say that you're class by drinking the whiskey. I I'm fucking shouldn't have said anything. You really can't say anything anymore. <laughs> so thank you very much to the Dubliner whiskey. And look, it's tasty whiskey. I've had it. It's lovely. I tell you what's not nice. Scotch. I tell you what, you can go, you can go, you can go over to Edinburgh. You can fuck off to Edinburgh. No, you can go up. You're over in Scotland, you're getting scotch, you know, and you're getting like, um, I went in there and I was, um, my anniversary for me and Terry. And, um, and we went into this um, very fancy uh, hotel um, and we ordered like, we had a nice meal there and then we had um, some scotches, right? And it was like 16 euro, 16 pounds or something for like a, a scotch and they had a big weight wide range of scotch it was recommended and I, I don't like I don't like scotch anyway and they were like what kind of flavour are you after and he's like you after peat and I'm like what's that he's like kind of burning and I'm like so what the flavour is burning and the texture is burning and the fucking loins are burning because me and my wife celebrating her anniversary tonight I don't <laughs> I don't remember what my point was here but let me tell you this <laughs> this this sponsored content is going so well so far. Let me tell you this. No, the point is the point I was getting at, right? I was paying like sixteen pounds for these scotches, and it was like, do you like fire? Do you want fire? Why would I want fire on top of my fire? So the point I'm getting at here is the Dublin Irish whiskey. Let me tell you, is the perfect introduction if you just want to get into whiskey and you're looking to drink it responsibly. Because why would you ever want to drink it any other way? This is approachable. It's smooth. You drink it on the rocks. Put it in Irish coffee. Put it in a cocktail. 
You know what I mean? Do something fancy with it. But of course, and promise me this, that you will only ever drink it responsibly. So as I said, if you want to go on the DLD, yeah, you know me. Yeah, you know me is not part of their URL, the DLD.com. Um, you can go on there, order some whiskey to free the Liberty Ireland, and you can get 10% off you. Shit show listeners. Um, and get yourself, get yourself, if you want to. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know what I mean? But if the offer is there. So thank you very much. The Dubliner Irish Whiskey for sponsoring this podcast and kicking off this festive season. Um, And how do we celebrate? How do we kick off the festive season? By ranking and reviewing terrified children on uh, the biggest show of the year, the Late Late Toy Show. And look, we got a lot to get through. So let's get on to it. Welcome to this, the start of the silly season on Tony Cantwell's Shit Show. And I know you and you know me. And we got toys and we got our Christmas trees. We got dangly ones. We got flangly ones. We got bling, 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 bling. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. You've been here a year. I don't need to impress you anymore. You're like my fucking wife. I used to lie and say I was good. <laughs> I used to lie and say I was mad into poetry and that I could paint. And then it's just now I fucking have you. I can't paint. <laughs> and I can't rap Right But you're here So why would you go on a go Look don't please Don't leave me oh, I, my, I need you right? I, need, I fucking need you I need you to validate me I need, I need to stop talking about validation Well actually Do you know what That'll actually be a pretty good segue here um, To speak about validation On this toy show Right Ryan Tuberty did not have a very It was not, it was not a very enviable task To get out there And do this Not in front of Or w- without a live studio audience when you have a live audience there to give you the validation for the shite patter and the laughs and applause and literally when you always have in your back pocket that you can give them a fit bit and they're going to go ape shit you know and you can get the cheers and everything that's going to fuel you throughout this you know almost two and a half hour show when there's no one there when you're not even sure how people are responding if they're liking what what you're what you're what you're given it's very hard to keep motivated and i was very impressed i gotta say i'll save my final my final star rating for Tubbs at the end of the show. But look, let's get on to it. Let's get on to it. Right, here we go. Late, late. So the theme of this um, toy show was Roald Dahl, right? It's commonly known, um, commonly known, well-known that Ryan Tuberty is a fucking bookworm. And look, he's a nerd. And I love him for it. Look, I'm a well-documented, card-carrying Tubbs stan, right? I love Tubbs. I think he's great. And to be perfectly honest, here's a fucking hot take. I think he's the best Late Late Show host I've ever had, to be perfectly honest. I think he's the best. I think he is uh, genuinely curious, not condescending. I think Gay Byrne could sometimes be Uncle Gay, look, heart of gold and everything like that. Crisps pss, 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 and all that. The ongoing rivalry with Dustin, love Uncle Gay. Bit condescending to Sinead O'Connor before. Bit condescending to Boyzone, the boys. Seeing Stephen Gately out there dancing, doing spins, and he's like, uh, you know, thinking they're on, they're on another planet. Let me tell you he's on another planet, fucking Pat Kenny. When Pat Kenny had the lads from Jackass... The Jackass lads on. He actually offended them. They had a segment where they went off to Japan and he said, Now look, can I ask you lads, when you were out in Japan, did the bloody Japs have it? And they were like, Whoa, what the fuck? Hey, whoa. You watch that clip. I think it's online. You know? Pat Kenny. Look, I got some, I got some fucking, remind me, I got some fucking stories I could tell you about meeting Pat Kenny, but I'll save that for another part. Let me tell you about Tubbs. Tubbs 
is Tubbs is firing in all cylinders for the quadrants. Not he's not firing, he's just delivering, right? He's delivering on all the quadrants, right? He's got enough to appeal to a metropolitan Dublin and rural Ireland, you know? He's got enough to appeal to a young person and an older person. He can speak to Russell Crowe and he can also speak to, you know, speak about, you know, I don't know, speak to like a victim of, of child abuse. Like genuinely, he, he, he is competent enough to deliver on all those things with a level of empathy that you certainly wouldn't see from Pat Kenny, but also you wouldn't see on like Jimmy Fallon. You're not having like, you know, like this is not this is not Jimmy Fallon, right? This is not David Letterman. It's not trying to be that. So if you compare apples to apples, that's not trying to be that. The Late Late Show is its own thing, right? It's a bit boring. It's not particularly interesting all the time. I never watch it, but I think he's the best at it, you know? So there you have a little shit sandwich for you there, Tums. It's a bit boring. Not into it. You're the fucking best in the world out of you, cunt. <laughs> no, I think he's great. I think he's great. And I've obviously met him before. And he's a genuine bookworm, right? I remember I met him uh, at the Young Scientist uh, competition, and I had a copy of A Clockwork Orange. And this is back when I was getting everyone to sign everything. I ever saw a celebrity, I'm like, can I have your uh, signature? And I got him to sign a copper, copy of A Clockwork Orange, and he wrote on it... Um, he said, firstly, it was his favorite book. And I was like, yeah, right, you square. Yeah, right, it's your favorite book. I never read it. I just had it in my bag in case a girl ever uh, asked me what was in my bag. And I could be like, yeah, Clockwork Orange. I don't know if you know Stanley Kubrick, but uh, I'm fucking sound, <laughs> you know. So I never read it. So I was like, oh, this square, this square's never read a Clockwork Orange. <laughs> I've still never read the book. But he signed it and said, enjoy the Maloco. And I'm like, I don't know, you know what that means. Turns out it's Anthony Burgess slang for milk. Right, so he, but then also he, uh, he was presenting the winners of the Young Scientist, and it was a boy and girl pair in the same school. And he goes, "So that's great." Now he's going to get a, he's going to, I suppose, what will you do to celebrate? I suppose, will you get together after this? And they said, uh, "No, we're siblings." And he got flustered, and he goes, "Ah, go on, <laughs> go on. We should not do a bit, we should do a bit of incest to celebrate winning the Young Scientist competition." Um. But, you know, we've all been there. You just don't, I, go, I don't know what else to say. I go on. Um, anyway, the late, late toy show. It starts in a library. Protagonist Tubbs is trying to bloody enjoy himself. And all these bloody kids keep popping up again. They're setting the precedent here that this is a man who in real life does like kids. But the character of Tubbs does not like kids. And he's shushing all the kids. And then we meet a second Tuberty Fox and I could not believe this was live I'm like how are they doing this is it some sort of mirror you know and it's it's him actually singing and I, I couldn't stop saying we had a WhatsApp group going for this um, and I couldn't stop saying could you imagine Pat Kenny trying to do this he came out on an elephant he came out on an elephant one year Pat Kenny you can look it up online and he was as stiff as a board he came out as Darth Vader one year and he was stiff and literally just like Hey, hey, with a fucking Queen's wave, never any kind of flair, right? Um, but anyway, um, and then we go live. We're here. It's Roald Dahl team. You got a Willy Wonka corner. You got a BFG corner. Tell you this something, something. The big eared boys in the band. I couldn't take my ears off. And there was sometimes some very harrowing and sad stories these kids were saying. And there was just like the keyboardist with these massive ears just kind of staring down in in quiet silence. Um, and um, I, I found it difficult I found it difficult if I can make one criticism uh, of the band their big ears I found very difficult to take my eyes off um, so they're all dancing around you got Wonka kids you got Veruca Salt dancing around you got um, you got twits and let me tell you there's fucking twits dressed like Hagrid dancing around but they're dancing so it's a spotlight stage school right and uh, and they're dancing like fucking Samantha Mumba do you know what I mean like the twits 
Like I would have thought with Trump, be like, hur, 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 you know, a bit more kind of like gruff. But they're all like, you know, shaking the hips and like moving and jiving like, you know, S Club 7, like rubbing their hair, you know, rubbing their legs. I, I thought the chore- choreography for the twits, um, I would have had just like, how, how are they going to embody the character? You know what I mean? They should all be kind of dancing in character. So I thought that was fucking shit. <laughs> anyway. Then we get a first look at this fucking Zoom audience. And let me tell you, this was my biggest issue. These fuckers in the Zoom audience. Uh, Why should I give a shit about these crew? They're getting sent a Fitbit. They're getting sent. That just, the the everyone in the audience, when I couldn't cut to the audience. And I know they had to do something like that, you know. But I'm like, well, why couldn't I be in that audience? You know what I mean? There was something tactile about the fact that they could get in there. They had a ticket to get in. And you could visualize them leaving you know, with their hamper full of stuff. And that was always very exciting. I would always visualize the hamper when they would add the hamper. But these fuckers just sitting there, not getting dressed, like, you know what I mean? They didn't get dressed up. They didn't look great. Look, they didn't look great. They didn't, they didn't, you know. I wasn't, I wasn't, I just, also, there was always something kind of satisfying about it, cutting to the audience, the live audience, and like everyone in the audience, the way, because, I don't know, it was just, you were always jealous of the audience, right? And you are always like, oh, fucking sick. They got what? They got a voucher for what? And you'd just be getting sicker and sicker and sicker. But I used to always kind of visualize what the hamper would be and them trying taking home this big hamper and going home and the kids are like, what did you get? What did you get? You know? But when it's kind of like, oh, we'll send it to you. Oh, we're going to send it to you. Oh, we'll send you that. I just couldn't, I didn't get the kind of sick feeling that was always very satisfyingly sick feeling when they were just like, oh, and then we'll zoom it to you. You don't even know how many people are here. Can't even count how many people are here. You'll pop up, you know. I didn't like the Zoom audience, right? I didn't like the Zoom audience. And also, if they're an audience, you couldn't hear fucking at, you couldn't hear at and off them. In fact, I will say that was a that was a, a, a massive fuck up across the board. Do you ever watch, I, I haven't watched I'm a Celeb. I did one episode of the I'm I'm Hooked on I'm a Celeb, the um, Fanula J's um, I'm a Celeb podcast. And I watched one episode just so I could be on that, right? The fucking sycophants that they have behind the camera laughing at Everett Ant and Dex A, where they're like, you know... <laughs> Can I, well, can I say, you look very Welsh, you know, like a shy parrot hat up top, and you hear like, <laughs> from behind the camera. Where were these fuckers here? So that's definitely one criticism. They should have had two absolute laughs, just people who laugh at everything. People, you can, can I even trust you? Because you're laughing at everything, I say. <laughs> oh, nice one, man. Sound. You know, so just two people sitting behind the camera. It was a shame. Anyway, look, we haven't even got into it. So, um, what we got here, um... So, yeah, we have the first mention of Cavan. The bloody Cavan lobby here. Bloody Kevin McGarren getting in with this crew. Uh, lobby. And the mentions of Cavan, I thought it was shocking. Maybe fucking Dublin should win the Ulster final. Get a look in. Because it was fuck all dubs on this pod. When's the pendulum finally going to swing back for the dubs? When are we going to get a look in? Um, but anyway, he's dressed as a fox and he looks great. And a lot of uh, fox puns uh, up top, you know. Um, and he's good. He's And I was like, this is going to be great. He's going to be here doing puns, reading the auto cue. But I tell you, serious lack of laughs from people behind the camera. And that's just the last I'm going to say about that. Anyway, loads of fox puns. Uh, he holds up his paws. Uh, let's pause, he says. Uh, breaking fox news, he says. Um, I, I started as a cub, he says as well. And he has, um, you know, he says, um, what, what was he said? Oh, yeah, um, this um, this show almost didn't happen. We're here by a whisker, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, well, we're stopped there. I, I would have had, you know, maybe him later on go, for fuck's sake, to one of the kids. For fuck's sake. And they're like, what? No, he's a no fox, you know. And then he maybe says to one of the kids, well, hopefully your your mother uh, is here and hopefully your ma is a bit of a vixen so um, we can get our fox off. 
you know. Maybe me and your mom can get down to a bit of foxing after the show, you know, something like that. I don't know. I, I don't write it, but I felt like they had a missed opportunity to do some more risque fox puns. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, so, yeah, again, the BFG band constantly taking my attention away, especially the big-eared keyboardist. He's very good, but uh, the big ears... Um, the big ears... Um, I found difficult. Uh, so then they bring out this fucking COVID officer, this fella. He's got a little two meter stick. Um, and I tell you, he's not doing he's not doing well for the old COVID officers. You know what I mean? Like you know, we're all we're all getting through this together, right? You don't need to come out here with your tricolor gun, spraying hand sanitizer, and he's all like, "Put your hands up, keep your distance." No, I don't know if he got some bad directions backstage, or if his old lad or his ma said, "Oh yeah, just be tough," you know. But you do we, in this day and age. Do we need some tough guard coming out here, poking people with a two-meter stick, holding a gun? cab, bitch. All cops are bastards. One star, you little rah. That'll be the end of you. <laughs> anyway, so thank you very much, Matthew, for that one star. Tubbs gets on a bike. He starts cycling around. He starts referring to the child from The Mandalorian as Baby Yoda. Morto. Nudging Terry. Morto, Morto, this guy. And not even that, you know, um, not even mention his, his official name, as we realized the same day, if you watch Friday's Mandalorian episode, where the child... AKA Baby Yoda's, if you're fucking, if you're, if you're basic. Um, found out his name is, skip ahead 10 seconds if you don't want to find out Baby Yoda's real name. Grogu. Cool. I like it. A lot of people are like, what the fuck is that? I love it. I think it's great. Grogu. And it's cute. And it's also kind of Yoda-y and yaddly, but not totally, but also just, I like it. Um, but Ryan, you should have watched the Mando. You need to be making time for the Mando, even if it's the biggest night of your um, career. Um... So then he goes, sits down, and he does a little sketch um, about uh, a little skit um, where he's um, he's pretending to be working from home. He's sitting at a little desk. He's getting loads of phone calls. He's uh, he, he he's he's getting uh, picking up loads of babies. And I nudged Terry again. I said, "That's us." I said, "Nudge her hard in the tit." And I said, "Terry, that's us. Look at that. He's with the baby." And I was like, "This really appeals to me. I totally get it now. I would have never got this in any other uh, year." Um, and I also realized the sound effect they were using for the baby sound for this. Um, he's in this whole work from home. You're being overwhelmed. So many kids. Phone calls. Work and all this stuff the sound effect that he used um, is one that you get on YouTube that I've been using illegally and I'm, I'm assuming someone downloaded that illegally as well from YouTube I can't prove it but if I do find that out I will be looking to take back my um, my TV license um, and then he takes out the count from uh, Sesame Street and he says so this is this is Count Neffet, um, and I thought he was going to do a bit about Tony Houlihan. I thought he was going to be like, yeah, did you see this fucker? This is uh, the Count, Tony Houlihan. Yeah, the Count, you're one letter off. This guy. Did you see this fucker here? <laughs> they call him the Count. Tony Houlihan, but you're one letter off. You know? Then there was this, the first toy, and this was probably the only good toy of the night, and I'm sorry to say that, but it was a toy, um, a really cool toy, very, very exciting toy, uh, of a sexy uh, dancing unicorn who shits, um, and, and my, my phone fucking blew up with people messaging, yeah, you see, you seen the unicorn, you seen the fucking unicorn, you know, he, uh, Tubbs puts the, the microphone to it and it starts dancing, uh, and it's like, what you gonna do with all that poop? All that poop inside your butt, and honestly, it's as if it's as if a Russian bot, uh, you know, went into my Google search uh, history and just created this toy based on predictions that it thought I might like. I was very impressed. Okay, so here we go. The first kids. You got James and Grace. James is six. Grace is eight. Brother and sister. Um, and again, Tubbs is like, so do you like each other? Will you lay off the kids? Do you know what I mean? Lay off brothers and sisters, right? This gender normative shit that you have going on—it's literally infecting your brain. Um. 
but then they kind of sell it. Yeah, sometimes you play husband and wife. I'm like, all right, fair enough. They're fucking freaks, right? Um, and uh, James has a nice uh, Tommy Hilfiger shirt. Very. This is the thing. Where do these kids get fit? That's never going to fit them in like a week. Let end fast fashion, guys. Um, no, it's, I don't know. End maybe rectify fast fashion. I still buy things anyway. Um, so then um, they start doing some puppets, right? Um, and Grace is absolutely mortal when James can't find his fucking puppet. He's looking for Mr. Bob, right? He's looking for Mr. Bob. He eventually grabs a rabbit. We're not entirely sure if it's Mr. Bob. Um, and um, and he does some he, he does some sketch where he kind of puts the rabbit out. And it's kind of this like, kind of like funny bit. He's like... Um, do, 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 do you want some, some lemonade? He does as the rabbit, right? And then he, as the rabbit starts, aggressively fellating himself. Like, it's just like... And it's, it's funny. It's pretty funny. Hey, do you want some lemonade? Well, how about this? You know? Um, and then... Um, and then... Uh, Grace um, takes out this big, long-necked uh, puppet and then Ryan says, the neck on you, which I, I, I had a chuckle, had a chuckle on. Uh, and then she goes, I'm, po- I'm Polly Protestant. Uh, I live on Mars. And I thought it was a hilarious, scathing commentary of the Orange Order. I thought that was very, very funny. Um, and um, But I will say, uh, the fucking mouth didn't move. Now, having studied puppetry directly from um, Johnny Marcy, the, 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 the voice uh, and puppet uh, master of, uh, of Dustin, um, I can tell you this is a cardinal sin. You know, are, sorry, Grace, are we... <laughs> I've always Ryan to be like, sorry, Grace, are we to believe this is a telepathic puppet? <laughs> They move the fucking mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? I tell you, you try, you pull that fucking shit at the Monkstown Puppet Festival, you'd be hung up like fucking Pinocchio yourself, right? If you were an adult, not if you're a child. See this? I'm gone fucking soft now having a kid. You'd be hung up. Anyone pulling that shit, you'd be hung up. Anyway, they move on. They do a shaken vac segment where they are showing out these kind of ki- uh, hoovers um, and they kind of shake a load of uh, powder onto the floor. And let me tell you, man, it looks like fucking the, the, the green room, man. This looks like fucking Gak City. Looks like Tubbs fucking dressing room, man. There's so much fucking white powder. You expect Maradona to come back from the dead and dive headfirst onto the carpet. But anyway... Um, they leave and I look I would have given them three stars for the hilarious political satire um, but the young lad let the side down big time the smutty blowy bit up top look you got to ease people in I've learned that the hard way right I used to start very dirty and then realise that people would just be dirtied out by you know halfway into the show I have to ease people in so doing the smutty blowy bit and the mouth didn't move I'm sorry you're kicked out of the community you'd be strung up Monkstown Puppet Festival and you're off to a fucking horrible start one star can this year get any worse anyway next up Saoirse the adorable redheaded vet she has Toby the to- Toby Tuberty uh, the dog and uh, let me tell you about this dog this dog's like a fucking COVID right and this little let me tell you about this fucker, right? Toby fucks it. He's been doing the rounds. He's been getting in contact with a load of other dogs. And now they have to do contact tracing. He's totally grasped up all his mates, right? And now this redhead kid is giving him medicine. Apparently, she's got some advanced Pfizer uh, vaccine that she's given this dog. But this is what happens, right? What happens is uh, she says the dog doesn't want it, so he needs to be knocked out, right? This is this is this is true. <laughs> this is true. The dog doesn't want it, so he's to be knocked out, and then she puts him in a cage for eighty-seven days. This kid has some insider knowledge. I am telling you, we do not want this vaccine. We do not want to be knocked unconscious and locked up away from our families for three months. Stop the vaccine. No, I'm only messing. But it was weird to hear her where she thought of all this stuff. Anyway, um. Then she says she's been writing letters. She's been writing letters to Michael D. Higgins asking about all of his previous girlfriends. <coughs> yep, yeah, sure. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, sure. Um, and um, 
David Walliams. Uh, she writes a letter to him about the time that he swam. Did you know he swam the English Channel? He's never brought that up. Um, and um, he, to be fair, he's very nice. He's very engaged. Um, he um, and, and I, actually, at the time, I was like, this is a bit boring, this kind of Zoom message that he recorded. But then when you see the calibre of the rest of these, you're like, actually, fuck yeah, he's pretty engaged and actually quite funny. Um, I would have said, uh, do you know what, Saoirse, ask him about the time he did blackface for Little Britain and see if he... Um, um, and how much exactly per pound uh, did you get paid for Little Britain? That's what I would have asked um, if I'd had him on Zoom. Anyway, she was better than the last two, but not great. Two stars. Sorry, Saoirse. Now we get the first performance. It's Blinding Lights. Um, and it's, to be fair, better than the band. I'm not having to go with the, the big-eared boys in the band, but um, the this is pretty good. The kids are pretty good. They're doing the, the Blinding Lights TikTok dance. You know, the kid with the braids, I, was, I think, was the best kid so far. I think up to fucking dubs, I'm assuming, the kid with the braids. Um, but now this is because I'm a fundamentally broken human since having a child. When you saw the Temple Street kids, I was fucking, I was fucking balling the eyes, seeing these little kids dancing, seeing these tiny kids in wheelchairs, kids with glasses, trying to do his TikTok, this, you know, blinding lights TikTok dance. And I was fucking, fucking Bula Bus. Get the fucking Bula Bus. Honk, honk, honk. Is that the Bula Bus? Because here you go. Great job, kids. Great job. Um, and I saw people online being like, oh, my God, the Late Late was just an ad for TikTok. That's like, do you know how old you sound when you say this is an ad for TikTok? It's just like saying, oh, that's an ad for the Internet. Do you want know I mean? How old you sound? Sorry, I'm going to have a sip of water. I'm going to calm, calm down for a second. Okay, next up we have Jamie. Jamie is a young lad, um, a, a five-year-old paleontologist uh, from uh, Newry. Actually six, he says, and I live in Cabra. Yeah, right, me. With that fucking accent. Yeah, right, me. Yeah. Um, so this whole pattern is they're kind of in these kind of like you know dinosaur suits. They're kind of inflated. So Jamie's is inflated, and it looks like his legs are hanging over. This kind of you know this kind of like you know David Brent kind of suit with you have the legs and your actual legs are the dinosaurs' legs. You know what I'm fucking talking about. But anyway, Ryan's is um. Ryan's is Ryan's is a little looking a bit droopy, um, and uh, and 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 Jamie goes, "Yours looks a wee bit sleepy," and um, and I think, is, was that was that was that was that fucking in cock innuendo? <laughs> was that a little? Was that a little kind of like can't can't get a fucking up kind of joke? Because the way people laughed at it, yours looks a wee bit sleepy, almost like, you know, was what's that or am I just is that the way my my brain goes anyway? So he's good power. Can I tell you something about the pink flamingo, you cunt? <laughs> Do you know what my nanny says? When you gotta go, you gotta go, man. <laughs> you know? And then Ryan is uh, there doing a bit of power, a bit of back and forth kind of dinosaur jokes. He goes, um, you know, um, he says, what do you call a dinosaur that sings? Um, and I, I, didn't write down, <laughs> I didn't write down the punchline for that. What would it be? A, um, a songosaurus. You know? Uh, a... Tyrannus, uh, choir, no, something with a choir. Anyway, it doesn't fucking. And Jamie, what do you call dino fossils, lazy bones? Oh my god, did you not know? Did you not know? Um, and then Jamie clearly has the spotlight here, and Ryan's trying to get a joke in. He goes, now what do you call a dinosaur sleeping, a dinosaur? And then um, Ryan goes, what do you call uh, the scariest dinosaur? A pterodactyl. Jamie hates it. Clanger. First big clanger of the night um, was Ryan's joke. I mean, definitely the self filating bunny and the and the potty Protestant from fucking Mars not moving her mouth was definitely nah, nah, the second clanger. I think they both had a clanger each. Those two, uh, those two 
Monkstown puppet um, society outcasts. But um, that was definitely a clanger. And I was thinking, do you know what I mean? Like, I, can I judge these dinosaur jokes if I don't have better ones? So I, I wrote a couple of dinosaur jokes here, and here, here's, here's one. Um, okay, here's one. Um, what do you call a dinosaur that fucks? Uh, Tyrannosaurus sex, um, but I'd all, you could all, I'd also accept uh, shag shagosaurus. Another one. Uh, here's another one. Uh, what do you call a dinosaur that uh, burns the ear off you in some random chap's kitchen at four o'clock in the morning? Pterodact pill. Anyway, they do an obstacle course and the kid kills it. The kid absolutely kills it. Um, uh, Ryan just absolutely embarrasses himself in the ball pit, you know. And it's difficult for me, to, you know. That's a that's a hard pterodact pills to swallow because I do like the guy, but he, he was simply outclassed by Jamie, the five year old. I'm six. <laughs> yeah, right, mate. Uh, so Jamie, um, I give him I give him three stars, but you know what? I got to deduct one star because you're a little liar, man. No fucking way you're from Cabra, and you're five, so two stars. Done. And uh, now we do a sponsored little Fitbit bit. Gives everyone in the audience a virtual Fitbit. I hate them. I just hate this virtual audience so much. <laughs> this was if this was me hosting it, John. I'd say I'd say uh, here's a Fitbit for everyone in the audience. So get up your fucking lazy, pathetic arses off your fucking couch and run. You know, uh, I'm not having to go. I just I I didn't. You know. Anyway, next up. Um, Anyway, Ryan is trying to get out of the dinosaur suit. You know, his feet are stuck. He's like, isn't this just an analogy for COVID? I'm like, I don't even know. I think you know what that means, you know, because uh, it's not. But it did remind me of the scene in Peter Jackson's uh, King Kong where he snaps the jaw of the fucking T-Rex. And I thought that was cool. So next up, you have Sam. Sam is an experienced camper. And the whole bit here is... Sam has brought his bag of tricks and Ryan Tuberty, assuming from home, has brought his camping essentials. What Ryan Tuberty would bring on a camping trip, right? So this is interesting. Let's see what the kid who camps all the time and what Ryan Tuberty, you know, the host of this show, would, would normally bring camping, right? Let's see if there's any kind of similarities here. So Sam, the experienced camper, uh, takes out a bit of wood, you know, the friction wood, the kind of Tom Hanks, I have made fire kind of wood, right? And fucking Tubbs, this fucking clown, takes out a fucking coffee machine. <laughs> This guy, this guy. And then and then Sam takes out an axe that his owl lad made. And what does fucking Tubbs take out? Fucking pink slippers. Let me tell you, these molly coddled boys at Donnybrook wouldn't last a fucking day in the woods. It was actually embarrassing to see. <laughs> it was embarrassing to see. Unlike, you know, proper woodsmen like myself, it was famously lasted 16 days or 16 hours in the woods. Uh, and Sam, you know, we I think we only really feel at home in the woods, unlike these fucking molly coddled Montrose fairies like tubs. And it's, yeah, enjoy your coffee machine. And actually, the funny thing is, the coffee machine was even a toy. So imagine even trying to plug it into a socket. It was absolutely embarrassing. Sam quite rightly puts him in his place, said, I'd kill your fucking pheasant to make slippers there. And he, and he doesn't say this, but he seemed to say this with his eyes. And I wouldn't even pluck the cunt. I just put my feet in him. That's <laughs> what he seemed to say. Um, but Sam, as I say, he's a child who seems to be lost in time. He does an impression of a pheasant. He does some superfluous thing with his hand that seems unnecessary to get the sound of the pheasant. And look, I hope the kids these days find bird sounds as cool as I do. But they didn't find them cool when I was a kid. Nice to do impressions of a pigeon. Right? So hopefully... They hopefully the the pendulum has swung back again for people who find bird impressions 
interesting. Um, but they didn't when I was a kid, and I'm assuming they don't now. So God bless you, Sam. Then he takes out a clay model of Tubbs, and it is shocking. And Tubbs is like, it looks smashed. It looks like an anvil has fallen on it. I reckon he dropped it, and he was like, fuck it. I'm not fucking doing it again. I'll fucking paint it, and I'll tell him it was, ma- you know, it was, it was meant to be like that. And Tubbs says, where did you get that image of me? And I kind of expected Sam to be like, where did I get this image? I predicted it from the future when I kill you, when I literally drop, when I fell a tree upon your head. Um, But um, he says, I got it from the internet. Anyway, then he takes out a branch and he starts cutting a lot of leaves off it. And personally, Sam, I wouldn't close with this bit in future. This is kind of what we would call it. Sam, honey, this is kind of the, <laughs> this is kind of what we would call in the biz middling content. Uh, I'd finish with the threat of kill, kiss, killing the pheasant in future. Um, that was a good. That was a good. That 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 was a good bit. I'd close with that. Um, I give you Sam three stars. So you're the top performing kid so far. And now we have a little. So it's middling, middling. Um. So now we have another gift for the audience. It's 500 euros in TK Maxx. Why did I say match? <laughs> to everyone in the audience. So they have so far the TK Maxx in the Fitbit. They're doing all right. But again, a little voucher, a little card being sent to someone on their couch. I'm not. It just is not juicy. It's not sexy. I'm not into it. Next up you have um, from Galway, eight-year-old Sersha. And she's cool. She's very matter-of-fact. They'll have a whole thing. They have these kind of like furry pink bags. She takes out a book. He takes out a book, says how to be a TV presenter. And I want to say to you, Ryan, do you know what? You fucking wrote that book. You are killing it today, hunty. I'm loving you. She has a little dog. It's called Lush. Lush the dog. It's her best friend. Um, And it's, we find out, right? And we're not expecting this. We find out that this this day last year, when she was watching the toy show, she had a, unfortunately, she had a pain in her ankle, right? And they thought it was broken. They put on a cast and then they found out that it was actually a fucking tumor. And this cat, and the, and the way she puts it is absolutely heartbreaking. She says, I had to have my leg taken away from me. Just taken away. Like, it seems like there's been so much conversations about where the leg is and that the leg is somewhere and that they, they you know, she was just, they had to take the leg away from her. Just away from me. It's almost like, it's just heartbreaking to hear. And she, to be fair to her, her fucking, her demeanor about this whole thing. She's so cool. She's so fucking calm about everything. She's got a prosthetic it's got a unicorn on it. It looks badass. It's amazing that they can have that in this day and age, that it's not some kind of weird, kind of dummy, pale beige thing that you would have seen from like the 80s. And, you know, and she's got shoes and everything. And then she has this whole thing. It's like um, her whole thing was she had three dreams. And this is, again, Tubbs just just letting her say the bits she needs to say and then kind of like jumping in, you know, bits to kind of, and let me tell you, you had three dreams, didn't you? You had three dreams. What was one of them? To be in the Late Late Toy Show and you hear, ding, that's one dream accomplished. What was the other one? To be walking by Christmas. She gets up on her fucking crutches and she starts walking. Ding. And then he's like, okay, what's the last dream? And she goes, uh, a family holiday. And then unfortunately, the reveal is she's being sent to Florida. And I'm like, Tubbs, as if this fucking kid hasn't had enough problems and you're sending this fucking kid I know it's Disneyland but Jesus Christ and then um, but then the fucking ma comes out Rosanna the ma comes out I could barely she's fucking crying from the side and to be fair fucks to Rosanna she is she's you know she's, she's, an attract, she's an attractive woman she's like six foot fucking three with heels you know she's like a fucking supermodel she comes out here the cameras aren't ready for her uh, they don't quite get her in frame <laughs> you know because she's very tall you know and um and you could see the kind of cameraman a bit taken aback was not expecting her and she and again with the heels you know what I mean um, but um, and then it's revealed right that they did some fundraising they did various fundraising for the prosthesis for the uh, because she has to have prosthetics up until the age of 18 um, and they donated so much that they 
didn't keep it. They donated it to hospitals. And in the spirit of this whole thing, you lead into the toy show appeal. But before we get on to that, I'm going to say, do you know what, Saoirse? Four stars, right? The top performing. You're humble, not over the top, classy, polite. You went in there, you delivered a message, and you steamrolled, not steamrolled, you kickstarted uh, this toy show appeal. And this is where we start the toy show appeal. So this is the whole Community uh, Foundation Ireland. It's the toy show so sorry, normally what they do is this like competition, right? And they decide not to do a competition. And you know what? Fair fucks them because they could have done with the money. They could have done with RT directly getting this money. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's, they, they, you know, they could have done with it, but it's impressive that even in a bad year, they're like, this would actually pay for a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people who try and win that. They try and win it. There's always some sort of competition, late, late toy show or the late, late show. And they didn't. They do a toy show appeal, which is basically Bernardo's Children's Health Ireland that covers Crumlin, Temple Street, etc. And Children's Book Ireland. Half of them are going to get that. And then the other half is going to be dispersed among other kind of smaller charities. Um, and um, And let's see. If this is proves to be a wise decision. Anyway, Ryan then starts talking, uh, taking some books out of a cart. Some fucking Egypt didn't put the books facing the right way. He's like, oh, here's a cart of books. And all the books are facing opposite the camera. There's only one section. There's only one part where the camera faces. I think the stage is now in the kind of in the round now because they don't need the, the, the seats for the audience. That's why I've been able to walk around. So the camera's in the middle. It just has to face the, 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 the epicenter. And somehow it's facing the wrong way. I expect resignation on the desk of D Forbes Monday morning. Anyway, um, now we meet some more Calvin crew. More bloody Calvin. Come on, Calvin. You got Angela, Fionn, and Christopher. And Christopher, the tallest lad, has some serious moves. He like serious, like, um, you know, serious hips. Serious hips on him, you know, uh, weight, like shaking his hips, waving from side to side, waving the Calvin flag. So um, they um, they said they were screaming at the telly when Calvin won um, the Ulster final. Um, Angela, who was the youngest, she looks so, she's so fucking cool, right? She's so cool. She's wearing these furs. She's laughing. She's smiling. She's engaged. Everything she's saying, just laughing at it. Just laughing at Ryan. <laughs> Are you fucking serious, man? Christopher, um, the tallest lad, um, Straight away with the Michael Collins. Straight away with the Michael Collins. Kevin McGarren had a very funny tweet saying, after years of uh, after years uh, of Billy Barry kids, these Cavan kids fight their way to the front and the first thing they mention is Michael Collins, Fairfox and dead right. So my, um, Ryan is like, oh, Michael Collins, uh, Collins the rebel. And uh, Christopher goes, yeah, hero and rebel. <laughs> um, and he starts chatting about Irish gorillas. I didn't know we had any of them. Uh, Angela is just beaming. She's just so fucking cool. She starts, she says she sings to her dolls. She sings to her cat. She laughs at the idea of her cat purring and singing back, you know. Uh, they do, oh, Roshedeva, oh, Walia, oh, Roshedeva, oh, Walia. She's got this book that's singing in Irish. Fionn, he's a cool guy. He's reading Chris Hoy's book. You know, I was giving out about Chris Hoy because I was confusing him for Bradley Wiggins on my Bake Off podcast. Uh, Chris Hoy seems like a good guy. He wrote a book about being a champion for kids. And these are the messages that Fionn took from this book. He says, I like this book because it says believe in yourself. It says don't listen to haters and don't dream something's impossible. For example, I thought it was going to be impossible to get into late late, but fucking did I stutter. Here the fuck I am. And he says as well, success does not always mean happiness. Do you know what I mean? He said, and you see Tipperary and Cavan win, and you see how happy they are, but that when Dublin win, they're not happy. It's just fucking standard. And look, it's a good reminder. It's a good rem- reminder that you need to prioritise happiness, not always prioritise success. Anyway, further sins for being possibly the most... Um, charismatic three kids that we've had on the show so far and uh, to get a fucking awful drawn of them as elves three, three, of their, three of their faces superimposed on the bodies of elves and they also get from Eason's a year's supply 
uh, of of books. And we were chatting about this in the WhatsApp group, and someone was telling me that they once got a, a year supply of, uh, of of crisps, and it was twelve packets of crisps. See, this is the thing. What this is what pisses me off, right? Well, let me just say this first. If I was getting a year supply of books based on my book intake, that'd be half an audiobook. Um, but when they start thinking, oh, well, what is a year supply? Let's look at portions. You know what I mean? Like this is the fucking. I'm always chatting about this, right? But if you look at Heinz or a Campbell's soup, right? On the side as well, you know, has all the calories and all that stuff, you know? And it has it per portion. And it's half a fucking can. Half a can. Like, what? Like, I'm just, like, I sometimes just think of just the trickery to to confuse me. Like, you only printed that on the can. Obviously, you know, you know for a fact everyone eats a fucking... It's, it fills up It fills up perfectly to, like, a, just an inch below the top of a regular bowl is a tin of soup, okay? Half of that would be half a bowl of soup, which no one's ever going to fucking order, right? So the fact that you're doing it just so I, on the off chance, look at it without barely reading it, you're trying to purposely confuse me. You're lying to me. About the amount of soup. There's packets of crisps that you look at, and they're like half, half, yeah, or like a packet of fucking chocolate buttons or something. And it's like, okay, this is the calories per portion. Oh yeah, that's per bag. No, no, um, we expect a portion is half a bag because we expect you're not gonna. Oh, oh, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be so gluttonous as to finish a single bag of chocolate buttons. So this is what you do, right? You get me fucking hooked on the stuff. Hooked on the gear, right? Hooked on the sugar. And then you put it in plain view when I have to go to the till. It's all there. It's an impulse. It's an impulse buy. That's a bad habit. An impulse buy to add to the fucking sugar habit that you've given me. And not only that, then on this very same packet that you've pretty much fucking twisted my arm into mine, you're going to print on that. And by the way, this is two portions, you fat fuck. Shame on you. But anyway, they get a year supply of books. And as I say, that would probably be like half an audiobook for me. I don't, I don't read that much. Um, next up, we have Gabriella. She's on a bloody pogo stick. And I could not believe that this is the national broadcaster with a plane, you know, like, this, 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 this is like the biggest show of the year. And we're just like, yay, it's one of the fucking pogo stick. I think it's great. Um, and I thought she was so sweet. She had, you know, um, you know, a lot of dark-skinned dolls. And she was like, this doll looks like me. This doll has my hair, you know. This one has hair that looks like me. And that fucking just melted my heart. It made me fucking so... Just how much I fucking take for granted seeing myself. Um, seeing someone who looks like me represented on TV. And not a lot of fucking people look like me, as you know, famously. Uh, it just broke my heart that she would like, oh, this doll has my hair. You know? Wow. It was very sweet. Um, unfortunately, not good enough because they didn't have much chemistry, these two. I don't know. It caught Ryan on a bit of a kind of a weird part here he couldn't seem to vibe with Gabriella personally I thought you know get that fucking COVID officer right out get, get that two meter stick and give it to Ryan because he needs to prod these children around move them around he's done so much to be able to manage where these kids go um, you know without being able to because previously he just grabbed them by the shoulders move them march them around and it would you know it would move but um, anyway so she sits down with this doll um, she's very comprehensive. She's talking about this kind of like, she's talking as if she's giving a makeup tutorial, which was like, fucking, this is just a generation of kids now, just growing up watching makeup tutorials, watching Jason Derulo dance, you know, but at the end of the day, just the chemistry didn't vibe. Again, they mentioned TikTok. Um, oh, and she said something really terrifying. She goes, uh, Ryan was like, trying to get onto the dancing bit, you know what I mean? The whole makeup thing. She was, she was, she was selling it. He seemed to be quite impatient, actually. I think I gave her a much worse rating. I think he was kind of like losing his cool a little bit because he was like, "War palettes? I don't know what you mean." And she's talking about makeup palettes. You know what I mean? But um, but anyway, then she said he was trying to get onto the dancing bit. He's like, "So tell me about TikTok." 
And she goes, well, TikTok is a place where you make friends. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so fucking terrifying. That's so terrifying. Anyway, she does a Jason Derulo dance, but the chemistry just didn't vibe. Previously, I had written here two stars, Gabriella. But I actually think that Ryan let the side down as well. I think he could have got more out of you. So I'm going to give you three. All right, I'll give you three. Um, next, we get to uh, singing in the rain. Oh, my God. Ryan, he's singing in the rain. All one take. This is like the fucking restaurant scene from Goodfellas. They're dancing around in runners, by the way, making clacking sounds. Very suspicious. Um, and it's good. You know, he's dancing around. Looks like the, the set of Fair City. Someone sprayed a fire hose out, you know. And um, I just couldn't stop thinking. Imagine fucking Pat Kenny trying to fucking, you know, trundle fuck his way through this uh, this dance. Uh, and then they're having fun. Everyone's out on the street. And the fucking COVID rah, sends him back indoors. Police state. Not for me. Um, anyway, ad break and he comes back very dry, very suspicious. You know, all these set pieces, I know they're meant to be live and not pre-recorded, but I found that very suspicious. Um, and then it's revealed that they've already raised 830,000 euro on the appeal. And then he says, I only expected to to raise a couple of hundred thousand, um, which I don't think he should have done. I think that was a big mistake, right? Look, first rule of sales here, right? Don't be like, oh, I only expected you to be given, you know. Don't undersell it. Say I was expecting 10 mil. 830 is not good enough, you know. Anyway, next up we have Aiden. Um, Aiden is a kid who's mad into twains, he says. He's mad into twains. He's got over 700 twains. And I said to Terry, see this fucker here, this fucker's new John Joe. Mark my words. Did he live up to John Joe? No. But he does know loads about trains. And they start talking about Thomas the Tank Engine. And again, this is the hill I will die on. Change the name to Thomas the Train. Change the name to Thomas the Train. What is a tank engine? Thomas the Train. Percy the Train. And the rest. I don't remember the name of the trains. Anyway, he loves Twains. He's got 700 Twains. Thomas the Train. Um, Ryan's like, so who did the voice uh, for Thomas the Tank Engine? He goes, Ringo Starr. And Ryan um, starts... <laughs> just the two of them seem like it just seems like a part of the night is a bit of a lull you know it seems like you know the kind of it seems like to be perfectly honest the two of them are having these kind of deep bag kind of conversations just the sort of questions he keeps asking them he's like um, here who's the best Ringo uh, Beatles Ringo or Tank Engine Ringo <laughs> and the kid's like Tank Engine man and he's like oh and also man what even kind of fucking train is Thomas you know and he's like a Tank Engine man you know just seems like some deep bad conversations to be had um, and this kid is a fact machine and then they start doing a bit of a, a kind of um, what's it called a um, mastermind thing and he knows loads about Titanic and Spongebob um, and he also drops this that apparently Mr. Conductor who we used to know as the fat controller back in the day travels by gold dust I don't like what they've done they've changed it I don't like it I don't like the new Thomas the Train um, anyway, he wins. He gets all these questions right. I didn't get a single one of them right. Um, and he wins a golden train ticket. <laughs> and then Ryan is like, oh, what kind of prize is this going to be? And Ryan's like, so have you heard of Ian Rodair? And you're like, oh, fuck, this is going to... They literally just sent the kid to Disneyland. Um, and this one's getting a VIP trip to Inchicore, to the train station in Inchicore, uh, once the virus is finished. Um, and then a VIP steam train tour of Ireland, which, to be fair, does sound pretty good. Um, and then the little kid, what was his name actually? Aiden, yeah. And then Aiden actually, Aiden, what? All these kids never know how to leave the set. Um, I think it's because normally there'd be kind of someone there to actually touch them and grab them and kind of be like, <laughs> just kind of guide them off the, the set, you know. But he ends up kind of like walking. He seems to drop the whole facade of being interested in Ryan and his face just drops and he honestly looks like some sort of fucking MK Ultra mercenary as he walks um, off uh, stage right. Uh, I give the boy three stars. 
Anyway. Um, next up we have Tullamore Annie. She's a hardcore rocker, she says. Me dad got me into the rock. Me ma got me into the Bob Marley and the Beatles, man. I love Metallica. Um, and, then, and then Ryan is all like, you've got great taste. And she goes, I know. And there we go. Patter machine. We know now she can fucking deliver. She's here. She's present. She's not thinking of all this rehearsed bits that she got from her parents. She's here. And then Ryan is even he plays with it. He's like, all right, great. She's a bit of power. Who's your favorite parent? And she goes, I can't say. I'm not I'm not saying that. And he goes, whisper to me. And she goes, fucking me dad, me dad, <laughs> me dad, big time. Um, and then <laughs> she goes, and then he goes, oh, your dad. And totally spills the beans on her. And then he goes, tell me about your ma. And she goes, yeah, she's good. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. Sometimes she's very cross, <laughs> you know, and you could see the fucking, you could just picture the man fucking freaked. I didn't do one to her, you know. Um, anyway, um, and then she's like, oh, so how would your man be a bit cross? You know, like, uh, how does she kind of talk to you? You know, say your dad's going to get the newspaper and she goes, newspaper, you fucking granddad. She's not that old. Killer bit delivers. Now, this kid reminded me of me. She loves garlic bread. She loves Fanta. She loves lasagna. She loves chicken nuggets. Do you know what I mean? And she's even giving Ryan the power. She goes, that's not fucking funny. You're on TV. You want to try harder, you fucking... You know what I mean? Um, and the whole bit here is it's like, okay, it's a big meal. They're having a meal together and they're going to like reveal plates um, from... They basically lift it up being like, oh, what did you get for this, you know, um, for your starter, for your main, for your... And they're revealing all the dishes. And the fact that she's revealed all the stuff she loves... Right, you're like, oh well, I hope she gets that, you know. But unfortunately, she gets the things she doesn't like. She lifts it up, she gets a dry wheat a bit. Uh, he gets Doritos, right? Um, and then she fucking says out of nowhere, she goes, um, he says, she says, why are you getting all the good stuff? And he says, I'm on the good list. And she goes, if you've been to jail, you shouldn't be on the good list. And I'm wondering what happened here. Has he been to jail? Has she spilled the beans? Or did her dad just say, look, I need you to stay two metres away from this fucker. He's been to prison. <laughs> and she's like, maybe she doesn't get COVID. She's like, just stay away from everyone. He's been to prison as well. And he's been <laughs> he's been to prison. And your mom's been to prison. Stay away from your mom. Um, and then, and then, hey, we get to the bit. The bit that was making the headlines. The bit that even made headlines in the States. Irish presenter says, fuck, on the telly at 11 o'clock. He pours the Fanta. It fizzes up and he goes, fuck's sake. And I was personally sick to my fucking stomach. You and the fucking wagon guy need to fucking be on that fucking, you be on what, what we call the chopping block. Do you know what, that, do you know what that, that's the term for? D Forbes' desk. We call it in the biz the chopping block. First thing Monday morning, it was a fucking, and I can say that because I'm not on RTE, disgrace. Um, now Annie she was funny Bit of a clanger as she walked off Again There needs to be like a fucking stick Poking these kids in a certain direction uh, As she walks off But look Great personality She was funny She was engaged Good chat Four stars Great fucking shout Now Back to the appeal Ryan seems genuinely emotional to hear That they've raised 2 million euro But drops a fucking clanger Here's where he drops a clanger We were only expecting 100 G's Look Say we only we were expecting 10 million. Now you're going to see drop off. Oh, they weren't expecting that much. Oh, great. I don't need to do Anne. No, you do. Do something. And now we, um, next up, Eva from Dublin. Finally, thank fuck. Give me a fucking, give me a pale kid. And that means a kid within the pale. Um, and she's going to sing a little song. Um, turns out she's actually from Lucan, right? So that's, you know, and I guess I'm very good friends from Lucan. It's not Dublin, right? <laughs> Hot take, Lucan's not Dublin. Um, People hate that. Um, anyway, uh, then she goes out, she starts singing Rule the World and Fair Fox to Gary Barlow, 
who does who didn't need to do this. But he's there. He starts singing. He starts harmonizing with her. Um, I remember reading in like a, a fucking gossip rag that this was back when Gary Barlow had not come back. And fair fucks to take that for coming back. Fair fucks coming back with bangers like this. Imagine coming back with even better songs. Like that's just fucking fair fucks. That, they're not a pop band. Like they're a group. Well, no, they're not a group. They're a pop band. That's what I meant. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> but I remember reading Gary Barlow saying I used to smoke 45 spliffs a day <laughs> when they broke up um, and look at them now unifying the world's kids we can rule it was probably actually genuinely I mean it's not great I, found, I still find that song corny as fuck because it's just used so many times for you know X Factor you lied the stars it's a yes from me please Louis please up above me I think actually that's exactly I did a video on that I did a video on that using exactly that example so it's a bit hacky at this point but fair fucks to him coming back Gary Barlow and giving up his time to unify these kids um, and New York kid is selling it he's wearing a scarf he's standing outside Broadway he is fabulous um, but it also made me realise you know what like if they could get Gary Barlow on this to do a voice message where were all the people like where were all the people to do video messages why weren't there more people doing video messages like I can appreciate people didn't even want to come on but you know and they could they should have got fucking Ringo Starr I know the kid didn't care about Ringo Starr but fair fucks anyway Barlow selling it all the way from uh, his home studio um um and then you have Ryan being like, we have kids from Adelaide, Times Square, Perth, South Korea, Dubai, Boston, Siberia. This is the Irish story. Woo! Um, and he was getting very excited. Anyway, this is the part we're all waiting for. This is where you get the cars coming through and the bikes, right? And I was so excited about this because now the helpers and the elves around who are helping everyone around can't touch the kids. So I was expecting some major crashes. On the Very unfortunate we didn't get one. We had Emily on the pink 4x4. She was all right. You had Eli on the quad. He had a fucking dead lizard on his helmet. Probably fucking smashed into it in the back. You had Ella Fitz from Bray on a llama. Um, like an actual llama just going across. The fucking, like... Back in the day, you'd be jealous of them in like the fake Fisher Price kind of kicking Flintstones cars, and now you've got a lad literally on a fucking you know hoverboard that's also a fucking go kart. That was probably the coolest one. Um, you got Ethan Hernandez fucking bombing past. Um, no one really standing out, but it's very impressive the sort of helmets they have, what they're able to do with uh, silicon <laughs> with these helmets. <laughs> some of them had flames on them, some of them had dead lizards on them, some of them had unicorn helmets. You know, it was impressive to see. Then you have a fucking Kevin the Carrot. Kevin the Carrot is a very successful mascot. I'm a, I don't like it, but I respect how well it's done for for Aldi. Um, but, and the thing is, it's because he it's because he looks like a carrot, you know. Because you can look at a carrot and be like, oh, Kevin. You know what I mean? It looks exactly like a carrot, and he's got tiny little arms. He doesn't have big buff arms on. Like it looks exactly like a carrot with tiny little stick arms. You know what I mean? That's why that's why Kevin the Carrot works because he looks exactly like a carrot. But anyway, Tubbs is going through the various Kevin the Carrots. There's a small carrot. There's a medium carrot. There's a life-size carrot. And apparently, unfortunately, the biggest one. Apparently, rumor has it that it wasn't actually a carrot doll. That Michael D. Higgins had actually dressed up as a carrot. But Tubbs grabbed him so aggressively, started flinging him around like a doll that he passed out. And um, <laughs> I don't know, that's just... Um, Anyway, next up, um, so they so then they give them 500 euro for Aldi. They got 500 euro for TK Maxx. They got 500 euro for Aldi. They got... Um, what a Fitbit I hate them I fucking hate this virtual audience and them getting their cards give me the fucking hamper anyway the next toy tester from East Cork Adam King and this fucking champ you've all seen Adam King this kid this kid this kid if if 
If he were to speak in the doll about Atten, I would be like, march on the fucking streets now for Adam. Let us kill. If he wants us to kill, does Adam King want us to kill anyone? Does Adam King want the head of Michael Martin? Because honestly, if there was anyone, I'm not, you know, but look, I'm just saying Adam King, what a fucking kid. He comes out straight away. He go, breezes past tubs, goes to the center of the stage. Grabs, you know, and he's not an attention-seeking kid. He's so humble and sweet and nice and just seems like just just the most morally pure and innocent thing I've ever seen on TV. And he comes out and he's just like, oh, no, that's just that's just what he was told to do. So he did it. He goes back over to Tubbs. But what an entrance he comes in. Um, and then he shows this little heart. He has a heart and it says a hug for you on it. And there's a massive O on the four because he obviously made it himself. They laminated it. He's been bringing it around. Because he's like, ever since COVID, uh, I, I I can't hug it. So this is a virtual hug. Uh, my eyes start sweating. Tears. Uh, it's a horrible image, but I was fucking, just this fucking kid. And he, he has a hospital toy. You know, um, he wants to be a spaceman. He's like, I like hospitals because they're fun. I go to this hospital in Dublin. It's called Temple Street. There's a porter there called John Doyle. And, and he brings me presents. And he's so positive. And he just wants to spread love. And then he's like, why are you in the wheelchair? Because I have brittle bones. He lisped when he said brittle for brittle bones. And then he's like, what do you want to be? And he doesn't fucking say astronaut. Do you know what he says? He says, I want to be a Capcom in NASA. That's people who are on the ground. And he says, why do you want to be a Capcom? And obviously it's obvious, Ryan, why he wants to be a Capcom. You don't need to fucking drive a home. And do you know what this fucking kid says? He says, because I can't be an astronaut because I have brittle bones. I can't be an astronaut because I have brittle bones. He owns it. And he says, but that's fine. You know, I'm going to be the closest adjacent thing, which is I'm going to be a Capcom. That's why when I you asked me what I want to be, I said a Capcom. I didn't say an astronaut. I have totally accepted the fact that I cannot be a spaceman. And that's fine. And I'm going to still fulfill my dream because this is my new dream. He's a fucking inspiration, this kid. And he has a mic. And he's like, Ryan's like, OK, will you do a countdown? Three, two, one. He goes, no, hey, look, fuck you fucking clown. The countdown starts at 12. I know everyone about being a fucking Capcom. Counts down and Ryan sells it. There's music swelling. There's liftoff. Adam can't believe it. He's genuinely like taken aback with just the silliness. And this is what's so fun about it. You can just see the reaction of, of Tubbs being silly and the kid can just do something adjacent rather than Pat being like, hey, you, point, do something. You know what I mean? And he starts applauding like a madman. He's loving it. And Tubbs is like, do you think that John Porter is one of your heroes? He goes, yeah. Would you like to see him? He goes, yeah. And from a fucking giant peach <laughs> comes comes the porter. Comes John. Now he's wearing a mask, but he comes out. <laughs> he goes in home house text and he's like, I know John. That is not John. Exclamation mark. I was cracking up. Um, but no, John the porter comes out. He comes out. Adam lights up. He lifts up his fucking virtual hug. He lifts up his laminated heart to give him a hug. And then John is like, Adam has such an infectious smile that even the darkest planet would light up. He's still fucking relating to the planets for Adam. He's still speaking to Adam. And he says, he's an absolute hero. He's a member of our tribe. And I am humbled that Adam is my friend. And he fucking... And then as well, he leaves and he goes back real fucking quick to get his rabbit. And he feels like he's in, looks like he's in trouble. He feels like he looks like he's in trouble. He looks worried. I'm like, don't you ever be worried. Don't you ever fucking be worried, Adam. And that, even that image of the heart, I've seen it now. I've seen it graffitied. My friend Luke Benson started posting it. They said, if you want to have it as a wallpaper, like just if you want to just download that. It's a lovely, a hug, virtual fucking hug for you. Adam, tell you what, out of five stars, do you know what you get, boy? 
Six fucking stars. Six glowing stars in the sky. And you are one of them, Adam. And I have no doubt that Adam getting on this show. Do you know what happened? You have the toy show appeal straight after that. 3.5 million euro. After the ad break. After people had time just to let all of this Adam fever come in. It was 4.5 million. I have no doubt that a million of that is down to this little boy and his little heart coming out there. Bula. Here's the fucking Bula bus. Great job, Adam. Star child. Um, next up, you have Snooker. Little Jackie, the snooker boy. He's got a little waistcoat on. Um, and Jackie is uh, from Dripsy, County Cork. And this chap's enthusiasm is like a nuclear reactor. <laughs> Ryan is like, how's things in Dripsy? Ha, not great. <laughs> Everything that's close is closed. <laughs> you can't go play snooker for an hour. He's a Cork train stations are pathetic. He's just fucking letting them have it. What's the best train station? Got to give it to Houston. It gets very serious. Got to give it to Houston. Got to give the edge to Houston. <laughs> What's your favourite snooker match? 1985 World Championship Final. Steve Davis, Dennis Taylor. Davis missed an easy black. Um, And then he's got his own snooker table. And this is what's fucking unreal. He's got his own snooker table. And it's on the floor. And he starts just fucking, fucking white balls in there. And he gets away with it. Fucking dead right. It's great. And then he goes, do you ever hear Ken Darty? And he goes, yeah, oh my God. He wants you uh, to be his guest. And Jackie jumps. He goes, yes! But I have to say this. Jackie's a good kid. Ken Darty wouldn't even... You had fucking Gary Barlow get on there and sing and harmonise and unify the children of the world. There's some other people coming up later. And Ken Darty wouldn't even fucking just jump on a fucking Zoom. No, it couldn't be ours. No way. No, you're all right. Tell him, uh, tell him... What's his name? Jackie. Yeah, tell him you can come to be my VIP guest uh, sometime whenever the fucking <laughs> whenever the fucking thing is finished. You know. Come on, Ken. Do you know what I mean? Like you're you literally can make this child's life. You ever hear Ken Darty? Or 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 fucking Steve Davis or Dennis Taylor. Are, are they alive? <laughs> Whatever. I don't I don't watch Snooker. Anyway, great job. Shame on you, Ken Darty. Um, but congrats, Jackie. Four stars. You fucking blew it. I mean, no, you did well. Like you, you, you blew the, blew the roof off the house. Whatever. I'm getting tired. Anyway, next up you have, um, but also just in general. Do you know what? I'm assuming that RTE got onto as many slabs as they could, saying, "Could you do a video message? We have these kids who would really love to meet you." Maybe there was one for Gabriella. You know, maybe there was one for some of the other kids, the puppetry. You know. I just think a, a few people, like the Irish people raised, and spoiler alert, five million fucking quid. And the majority of the glitterati not even appearing. I mean, I don't, I can't, I can't be like, where were you? I don't know who was asked and who didn't go. But it seemed like a lot of missed opportunities to even just get a video of someone. They had David Williams, there's a few people coming up later. And this one right here, Michael Maloney. This is the first time on Late Late. He's a young, you know, he's got a little quaffy little emo hair, you know. He loves Dermot Kennedy. Um, and um, he's talking about his family, family full of musicians. He says his dad passed away three years ago. Ryan says, I know you'd be really proud. Let me tell you something about Ryan, right? He handles all this with such fucking class. I was listening to his radio show a couple of weeks ago, and it was an 11-year-old boy wrote into it and said that he was feeling, had these fuzzy feelings and not good, kind of bad feelings coming up about Christmas because his uncle was there last Christmas and his uncle died. And... Ryan was there telling this 11-year-old kid on the radio in the morning. He was like, look, your uncle's not going to be there and that's fine. You know, things, you know, not that's fine. Like, he's like, that sucks. That's bad. And you, and as soon as that gets better for you, you need to just cry. You need to just cry your eyes out and cry some more. And then after that, 
you're going to feel better. Just explaining grieving and explaining mourning to this kid. Like, could you, I, and I kept, the last kept slagging me. Like, uh, could you imagine Pat Kenny trying to do that? But in general, forget about that. It's another world. Ryan Tuberty, fucking class act. And again, speaking to Michael, saying, look, I'm not overstepping. I'm not getting soppy. Billy would be fucking really proud to see you. You'd be so fucking proud seeing you here. And a set of pipes on this kid. It was Michael Maloney, best singer so far tonight. Huge Dermot Kennedy fan. And guess fucking what? Dermo, he's a good lad. He's a, he messaged me on Instagram. He said he likes some of my... He loves the Nala stuff. He loves... He's a, he's a CCF, cartoon cat fucker, alumni. Uh, he comes out and the kid can't fucking contain himself. But you know what he fucking does? This Michael Maloney. Right? Dermot comes out. He sings with him. You can tell he's he gets a bit flustered. Not even flustered. He just gets surprised because his fucking idol just walked out. And do you know what his fucker does? He keeps his composure. I mean that affectionately, this child. <laughs> he maintains his composure and not only finishes strong, but starts giving it fucking welly. And I honestly, this is, I start crying at this again. Because similarly last year, when you had the kid who idolized Katie Taylor, and then Katie's like, we come on, hit some pads with me. And you saw this kid giving everything to impress her idol. That's exactly what Dermot brought out in Michael Maloney for him to be like, I need to, sh- this is my idol here. I'm not going to go in on myself. I'm going to bring the best part of myself out here. And he fucking ends so strong and set of pipes on this kid. And fair folks to Dermot Kennedy as well for, um, for um, posting about it on his Instagram saying this is where you can find this kid I think last time I checked Michael Maloney had like 50,000 um, subscribers on, on Instagram good guy Dermo good lad five fucking star kid great job and he's even been told he's going to give uh, give him recording time at Windmill Lane and this kid he's flabbergasted he literally he's speechless he is not you know great job great job everyone all around you smash out of park it's a lovely thing to see and you kind of have a bit of a lull here I'm not having a go you got Lucy Power she's an artist she looks like fucking um, my girl right you know very cute kid um, can't fully move for the redheads you know I think she sounds like she's from Dub you know but I couldn't really get a read on her um, and she's fine look she doesn't get a word in Ryan's too busy doing this kind of French patter and it's funny-ish you know what I mean and they do a whole thing where it's like you know they get dressed and all the things they miss Paddy's Day graduation wedding dresses you know and to be fair it's a handy trick it's one I've pulled many a time at 4 o'clock in the morning you know you've convinced everyone to get take part in a rollover it's a bit of a lull you come out wearing a dress and you're like okay I get it now this is a new night the vibe has changed you know let's pick things back up and now in the kitchen but two stars do you know what I mean yes it was fine you're a good kid but um, unfortunately um, unfortunately Ryan just kind of um, it was too much of this French patter and it was difficult for her to be able to kind of jump back in I think he kind of dropped the ball with Gabrielle and he dropped the ball with um, with um, Lucy Power Next up, you have Noah Rafferty, the hardest rocking cunt in loud, this chap, right? This is a fucking rock man, right? This guy, <laughs> rock man. This guy is a hard rocking kid, right? He writes his own songs. He wants to be the greatest rock star in the world, right? The greatest living rock star. He writes his own songs. Rock is the best medicine. Life can be tough. Girl of my dreams. Love is a horror. And then for Cora, which is a bedtime story. He's got the diversity there. Life can be tough. And his whole thing is one chance. Because at the end of the day, you got one chance to live your best life. I just totally saw myself in this kid. He's got a little Freddie Mercury mic thing. He says he wants to be the greatest rock star in the world. If it's if it's going to come down to enthusiasm, he's got it. It's hyped. The band start playing. And it's such a shame. It's, oh, I'm so sorry, Noah. I wish you hadn't a song. Oh, God, I could have sold you. I could have sold you. We were all rooting for you. And then he starts singing. And unfortunately, he's singing in the air tonight. And he starts singing. I can feel it calling in the air at night. At night. 
it's in the fucking title now. Do you know what I mean? That's a real shame. That was probably the biggest clanger of the night. You know what I mean? Um, I know I haven't really been on top of the ball with the clangers here. I haven't been many clangers. Woo, 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 woo. But that was a big clanger. Um, I, I've been, oh, Lord. I've been waiting for all my life. And he's, oh, it's, but it's all energy. Do you know what I mean? But then Rock is the best medicine starts singing. And he realized, no. This guy, he doesn't want to be tapered down to fucking, you know, other people's material. In the air tonight, not good enough. Give me rock is the best medicine. Rock is the best medicine. Rock is the best medicine. Rock is the best kind of medicine. And then he says, I love the edge. The edge makes such vibrations of rock that it goes down your spine. You go, Ugh. and he's totally selling it. This kid is just fucking rock through and through. This kid is like Gigi Allen, but for kids, right? And then he gets fucking edge on the fucking thing. And he's like, hi, Noah. Hi, Noah. I've heard a lot about you. Straight from a, you know a, a pre-recorded thing, straight from his gaff and hoth. I've heard, I've heard. I love your song titles, Noah. Um, I've got. A, I'm not the man you think I am. <laughs> That's some heavy stuff, man. <laughs> Whoa, like lay, almost lay off it, man. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, just don't go into Ryan's you know dressing room. He's, you know, you know, if you see Marad, if you see the reanimated corpse of Maradona going into Ryan's dressing room, just stay away from that shit, man. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I want to thank you. So-. And he's like, "That's some heavy stuff." And then he's shouting back at this pre-record, "Thank you so much." You know. Um, and he's like, you five years on me, bro. You know, you're really doing amazing. I only started writing my first songs at 15. And then he's all like, so look, I'm going to give you a few gifts here. I thought I'd give you a cool book. And he shows him like a Joshua Tree book. And I'm like, ooh, that's a bit shit. And he goes, uh, but still, he's really happy. He's like, yes. And he's like, but then I thought maybe I'll give you a guitar. And he goes, yes. And he goes, this is one I used to help fund after Hurricane Katrina. And he goes, yes. And they cut off, they cut off the sound so that he can't be cheering on uh, the hurricane. Um and he goes, now, do you mind if I sign it? And he goes, that's grand. And look, with the greatest respect here, Noah, um, you're talking to a video. The music industry is going to chew you up and spit you out. Uh, you need very, very good management. Um, and that's it. Fuck. I mean, it crept up on me as well when I was watching it live. It was like, shit, this kind of has gone out in a bit of a whimper. It should have maybe end, ended with uh, Rock is the Best Medicine. But anyway, the virtual audience get another fucking shout. Fuck them. Bunch of shower. Uh, they close out the show uh, again with the kids with uh, We Can Rule the World. Um, you got the Wonka kids. You got the Twits. And by the end of the thing, they sold. They they sold. They made five million two hundred and fifty thousand euro. Bool. Here comes the fucking Bool bus for the Irish public. Because uh, 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 uh. fucking well done on such a small population. And you know what? I think a lot of that down is to the stars. Stars are coming out tonight. You've Adam King's a star tonight. For you, for you. Uh, oh, and Noah, sorry, Noah. Oh, Noah's a f- um, Noah's a five star kid. Did I say that? Noah, yeah, you're a five star kid. You're fucking unreal. Rock is the best medicine. Um, and fair fucks again to Ryan Tuberty. Ryan Tuberty, here's the bula bus for you. Ha ha ha! But four stars. Let's say, let's see how you do with an actual audience. If you want to get that fifth star, but very close, very close. And um, and look. I'd love to, you know, I I know people expect me to come on here and shit on all this. Uh, I am a fundamentally more broken human uh, since having a child. Although I did see I was pissing tears last year when I was watching. It's just one of those things. It's a great show. I like it. And I like it for different reasons. Not enough fucking toys, though. So I give the whole show three stars. Look, it wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't a great overall show. But they did the best they could. And I will not be grading this on a curve. It was a three-star show. But fair folks to Ryan, four stars for you. Um, and to the Irish public who raised almost five and a half million, a special honk from the Bula Bus. <laughs> honk. 
Um, and thank you very much for people who've been listening to this show for the last year. You have fundamentally changed my life uh, in the fact that now I get to do this full time because of your very kind generosity with your time listening to this, recommending it to friends, and for the very kind uh, number of you who are supporting me over on the Patreon, allowing this to be my full-time job. I cannot thank you enough. And hopefully I'm reviewing these <laughs> these adorable, frightened children um, for the rest of my broadcasting career. I would also like to thank my new sponsor, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey, for the very kind support of this pod and future pods. Uh, again, go on the DLD and you can get some phenomenal whiskies brewed straight from the Liberties in Dublin. 10% off with code FUCKTHEBOATS and their free delivery in Ireland. And as well, if you would like to support this pod, if you would like to be some of those people who do support this pod over on the Patreon every single Friday, I do a bonus episode. I'll be doing loads of Christmas films for the month of December. I will be doing my top five Christmas presents. I will be giving my top five ideas. Well, not top five, but my ideas for Christmas presents. Ones you can do for free. Some that can just cost you just less than 20 quid. I'm compiling a list right now that be a podcast episode over on the Patreon. And thank you very much. I will either see you over on Friday on the Patreon or next Tuesday over here. All the bus. All the bus. Boola bus. Honk, 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 honk. Bye-bye.